This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Welcome back, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. We'll get back to your phone calls and your texts. A lot more still to come here this afternoon. Uh, but as mentioned before the top of the hour, some uh, troubling numbers today out of the uh, School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary, measuring the number of income support caseloads. Now, these are provincially funded income supports, uh, social assistance that's in place, I guess, as a fallback when other programs like EI run out. And certainly one thing we've been hearing about unemployment in Alberta is that uh, people are still unemployed in a lot of cases once EI runs out. It's very tough to find a job right now, and that period of time that people are jobless uh, is, uh, is long, much longer than it should be. So joining us to talk a bit more about what these numbers tell us, very pleased to welcome to the program here, Ron Kneebone, economist in the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Ron, thanks for joining us here. You're very welcome. So what are these, uh, these caseloads we're measuring then? So these are the number of caseloads, so uh, people who have applied to move on to social assistance, and they do that, of course, if they've lost their job. All right, and what, what are these uh, provincially funded programs then? So um, part of the social, what we call the social safety net, uh, consists of provincially government-funded, what people often call welfare, what we call in Canada social assistance. And so when you've exhausted all other options, help from your friends, you've exhausted your savings, you've used up unemployment insurance, sorry, employment insurance, Mm -hmm. then you move on to social assistance. And that's what these numbers are measuring. Okay. And so this doesn't include other targeted programs like AISH, right? No, it doesn't include AISH. It only includes people who are part of what's called the expected-to-work program in Alberta. Now, what's also troubling about these numbers, um, because we, we had the period before sort of the Great Recession of 2008-2009, and then, you know, things improved for a while, but we never really got back to that, that level that we were at before the recession of 2008, and now we're, we're up even higher now. Yeah, there are two things that are really quite worrisome about these numbers. And one is that, as you say, before the 2009 recession, there were about 25,000 people uh, collecting social assistance. The recession, of course, drove that number up. And that's what we expect to see happen during the recession. More people move on to social assistance. And that number moved up to about 40,000 people. One of the things that's worrisome is that number never did come down. So even five years after the 2008-2009 recession, the number of people on social assistance did not return to where it was and instead stayed pretty high at about 33,000 people. And the next thing that, of course, is really worrisome is that since that time, we've moved from 33,000 people up to 55,000 people on social assistance. So why, why didn't things recover? Do we know? That's a really good question, and uh, I hesitate to offer you too much of an answer, but one of the things that economists often talk about is that when people lose their jobs, and especially if they lose their jobs for a long period of time, their skills deteriorate, and they find it really hard to find reemployment. And that's one of the reasons economists often advocate the government should try to end recessions as quickly as possible, because the longer you let it go on, the more people are going to find that their skills have worn away and they just can't find reemployment. Well, when you look at the peak uh, that we reached, uh, it looks as though late 2009 versus the peak we're at now and maybe still climbing. I mean, uh, it's not even comparable. Why, why are the numbers so much worse this time around? Well, it 
certainly tells you, I think, that the recession this time, uh, if it is in fact a recession, or maybe it's just the way things are in Alberta now, that there are cer- certainly a lot fewer jobs than there were even in 2009. That we're looking, I think we're looking at a different kettle of fish now, that the economy is quite different than it was even in 2009. And for these people, the 55,000 people who have moved on to social assistance, there are very few green shoots that they're seeing. Yeah. Uh, even though it seems as though the worst of the recession is is over, in terms of things turning around to have a measurable impact on, on these people's lives, that, that that's a much longer process. Well, I mean, that's that's part of the message, too, that when an economy turns around, it doesn't necessarily turn around for everyone. Mm-hmm. And for people with uh, maybe lower levels of skills and people at lower income levels, um, the people who tend to move on to social assistance quickly because they don't have the savings, they don't have the um, resiliency of someone with a very high income, they tend to move on to social assistance. And one of the things these numbers are making clear to me, at least, is that the social agencies in the province are really going to be hit by and quite a dramatic increase in the number of people coming to them looking for help. Uh, I guess one of the things, too, compounding the situation, I'm sure the Fort McMurray fire and that whole situation must have played a role in, in some of this. That, sure. It certainly played a role. So did the fall in oil prices. So did the trouble we're having trying to get pipelines built. A lot of these things are impacting this because it's costing people jobs, and they have to, once they exhaust their savings, they move on to and exhaust employment insurance. They move on to social assistance. All right. So, how recent are the the most recent numbers you're working with? In this? Oh, the last number in my graph, and and this is everyone can look at this themselves. It's on the Alberta government website. Uh, is from February, I believe, or oh, okay. maybe maybe December. Anyway, it's very very uh, recent. pretty recent. And yeah, the, the there's no plateau here. The line's still going up. It's still going up. Yeah, very concerning. All right, we'll leave it there. Ron Nebone, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, that's uh, Ron Nebone, economist at the School of Public Policy, University of Calgary, policyschool.ca. Uh, that's concerning, obviously. Now, I, I don't know that it, it speaks to a need to, to overhaul any of these programs necessarily. It's just the reality of the situation. Uh, people lost their job. They're on EI. That ran out. And as a last resort, they're now on provincially funded income supports, basically welfare as we would call it. So the numbers are at about 55,000 right now. Uh, Conversely, at the worst of the previous recession in 2009, we topped out at about 40,000 cases. So, I mean, part of it is, I guess, Alberta's population has grown since then. Uh, but obviously, a, the big part of it is just that, that things, in a lot of ways, are worse. This has been a more prolonged downturn, and uh, certainly the energy sector has been harder hit this time. So, uh, some concerning numbers here. Now, as it relates back to this uh, conversation around uh, child care, the NDP's uh, pilot program now, th- uh, three-year pilot program, 22 locations across the province offering this $25 a day child care. Now, certainly this overlaps because I, I guess part of the the argument in favor of this is to get more people back into the workforce. And that having childcare, affordable childcare, allows people to do that. Maybe there are families where one parent stays home or stays home part of the day uh, because they can't afford childcare. 
But I think a big part of the, the puzzle here in Alberta is that people don't have jobs or can't find jobs. And hopefully that starts to turn around. But it's really hard to see in the short term in a lot of cases how families are going to be able to say, wow, we got this uh, affordable child care. Now I can go get a job. I can go work. Because there's a lot of people looking for work. As mentioned, right, as you just heard from Ron Kneebone, people who had that, that time of their EI to be looking for a job and, and still weren't able to find something and have now moved on to provincially funded social assistance. So that, that's a big issue. All right, uh, some texts coming in here, 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. Karen says, being a parent is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Why are we encouraging parents to leave that job to someone else rather than making it possible for them to be parents? Look, it is a tough call for families. I understand that. Uh, and I know a lot of families who, who try to figure out ways to make it work. I don't know that relying on child care, whether it's a family member, a friend, a day home, a daycare, I don't know that that's necessarily a cop-out or that you're negligent when it comes to parenting. And people do need to work. And for some people, it's not a choice. Certainly for single-parent families, it's not a choice. But I know that, that there are families who would rather find ways to make it work than have to rely on subsidized child care. Now, I think for us, I mean, I was fortunate when my kids were younger. I was working evenings. My wife was working days. One of us was, was home. And we were able to make it work. And, and I, I think it was a positive experience. I also know people who have some, some great child care. And they're happy with it. Their kids seem good. Their kids seem fine. Uh, so it can work. But are we giving people the choice? Are we helping people make the choice that makes the most sense for them? Right? Doesn't a lot of this echo the, the 2006 election, uh, the federal election? Anyway, this uh, text here says, you know, it's unfortunate, Rob, when you make decent money, you have uh, support payments, pay for children and one ex-spouse, have two more children with someone else, and have them full-time with no support. By the time I pay my living expenses and support payments, there's no money left for me to pay child care for the ones I have full-time. My retired parents do it for nothing, but they are retired and it's tough on them. So where's my help from the government for child care? Child care for twins is not cheap. Right? And that's a situation that a lot of people are dealing with too. And that maybe they could use some, some assistance, but what the government's offering, this kind of one size fits all, doesn't make sense. All right, we'll take a quick break. You want to come back on some other news to get to more time for your calls. 403-974-TALK. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.